my mic's on. There it goes. Uh, why don't we rise and greet each other this morning in the name of the Lord. Members, if you see somebody that you don't recognize, please go say hi to them and welcome them to our church this morning. Good morning and welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. I am Scott George, my privilege to be your announcer this fourth Sunday after Easter, Confirmation Sunday. The Reverend Jake Sletton will deliver today's message, assisting in the worship service is the organist Ms. Susan Seniger, Acolytes, Kai Brown, and Drew Creed. May God bless us as we worship together. So we have just a few announcements before we continue on with our worship service this morning. Uh, in case you are not aware, today is Confirmation Sunday. So we have Caitlin and Jack Elliott here who will be confirmed in their faith. And this is a really wonderful and awesome thing that the church does because, especially for these two here, because both of these two were baptized at this same font in this same church. And now, today, instead of you guys answering those questions for them, they get to do it. And it's just a really neat and a wonderful thing that we as a church and as a church body have the opportunity to witness here today, to encourage them, to pray, to pray for them, to continue to support them in their faith that our Lord has promised that he will bring it to completion in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so that the actual rite of confirmation will be happening shortly after the sermon today. The next announcement is that there will be a special voters meeting tonight at 7 p.m. for the purpose of conducting the business of the regular voters meeting. And so uh, if you are a voter uh, in our church, we pray that you would be there for that 7 p.m. over in the fellowship hall. And then finally, if you are or if, you, if there is, sorry, if you are or uh, if there are high school graduates in our church body, um, I know some of them, but I don't know all of them yet. If there are high school graduates that are graduating this year in our church body, would you please let us know who they are and where uh, they will be attending? We want to take a 
just a, a brief moment in a worship service coming up in order to recognize them and to pray especially for them as they go on to college. And so with that, we begin our service tonight, I'm sorry, our service this morning with a word of prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, we are so very thankful again for this day, this beautiful day, this great day that you have given to us. Lord, we give you thanks uh, for Jack, and we give you thanks for Caitlin and for their families, and all, Lord, who love them and have supported them and have brought them thus far. And, Lord, we, we certainly, as we uh, have the day that they were born, the day, the, the day that they were baptized, Lord, we, we continue to commend them to you and commend them to your care. And, Lord, we know that you love them. We know that you love us. And so we give you endless thanks and endless praise for that. And now, Lord, we ask that as we worship you here, that you would give us a zeal this morning, Lord, for your house of worship. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And so we sing our opening hymn, The King of Love, My Shepherd Is. That's number 709. The King of Love, My Shepherd Is. <laughs>
Please rise. So we begin as we always do in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God, our Father. Most merciful Most God. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you as our heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly preserve your present and eternal punishment for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, lead us. May we right in his way, walk in his ways, the glory of your holy name. Amen. So Almighty God in his mercy has given his Son to die for you and for his sake forgives you all of your sins. So then in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. I lay down my life for the sheep. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. For he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his land. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. I lay down my life for the sheep. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, merciful Father, since you have wakened from death the shepherd of your sheep, grant us your Holy Spirit, that when we hear the voice of our shepherd, we may know him who calls us each by name and follow where he leads. Through the same, Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. Our first reading this morning is from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. This is the word of our Lord. Special music today is Pescadora de Hombres or Fishermen of Men by the mixed choir directed by Carol McIntyre.
We're here today to come forward for the children's message with Mr. Cly Baker. Also, make sure to bring up your offering, your Mighty Mites, as well. Today's children's message is on the subject of strength by John Clyburn. Good morning. How are you guys doing this morning? Pretty good? All right. Hey, what's today? It's kind of a special day in the church, isn't it? Cordell, you want to tell us? Sunday. It is Sunday, yes. Every Sunday is very important and very special. How about you, Keenan? Confirmation Sunday. Confirmation Sunday. Did you talk about that at your house this morning just a little bit before you came to church? I bet you did. Your sister's getting confirmed today, isn't she? Right. Jack and Caitlin are both our confirmands. You know, I can remember when both of them were just itty-bitty little babies. Can you guys remember that? No. No. I do, though. I remember when they were both really little babies. I remember when both of them were baptized, as Pastor said, right here at the baptismal font. And the Holy Spirit gave them faith, right? through both baptism and through hearing God's word being preached by the pastors and as their parents taught them that through the Bible, reading the Bible to them and so forth. But you know what I think is really neat about Caitlin and Jack this morning? They chose some special Bible verses for their confirmation verses um, that are really built around strength. Now, what's the strongest person you've ever seen or who is the strongest person you've ever seen? God. Thank you. That's exactly right. God is the strongest, isn't he? I was thinking somebody might say Superman or something like that. Well, oh, you've never seen God. So, how do you know that God is real? McKinley said, because God is in our hearts, she knows that God is real. That's right. Cordell? Through the Bible, Kenan, you're going to say that too, through the Bible. Who says through the Bible and because God is in our hearts? I agree completely. That's how you know God is, is here and God is strong, right? Because he can give us faith. 
Well, I'm going to read to you the two verses that Jack and Caitlin have for their confirmation verses. Here's Caitlin's, Joshua 1, verse 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or scared, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. How cool is that? Caitlin's uh, special biography in there tells us that She's wanting to go on, she'll go on to high school, and she's wanting to go on to college and maybe become a veterinarian or a surgeon later on. She's going to have a lot of hard work in school to do, isn't she? Do you think God will be with her and help her be strong with that? Yes, you betcha. Let's read Jacks. Jacks is Philippians 4.13. It says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Jack's the same way. He's planning on going to high school and then college. Plans to do a good job in the work that he's going to do. He can count on Jesus to give him strength for all of that, can't he? You know, the most important thing that we need to pray for in terms of both Jack and Caitlin, but even for all of you and even for all of the big people out there and the rest of the congregation, is that God gives us a strong faith, right? so that we can do all the things that he wants us to do and we can do them well let's join in prayer and then you guys can go back to your seats heavenly father thank you for this beautiful day we especially appreciate that you gave us all the strength to be able to come to your church to join together to celebrate and worship you we also pray that you would bless and be with jack and caitlin thank you for helping them get this far in their lives, and we look forward to hearing them confirm their faith today with Pastor through their confirmation. We pray that you give us all strength so that we might serve you in all that we do and make our faith strong so that we can take care of all the things that you want us to take care of here also. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, you can go back to your seats and pay close attention to the rest of the service and say a special prayer for Jack and Caitlin. They've got some big things they're going to be doing a little bit later this morning. Our epistle lesson this morning is from 1 Peter chapter 2. Verses 19 through 25. This is a gracious thing when mindful of God one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. For you were straying like sheep, 
but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. This is the word of our Lord. Gospel for this morning, according to St. John, the 10th chapter. Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in it by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he had brought out all of his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not, under, un, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. This is the gospel of our Lord. sermon hymn today is We All Believe in One True God, Lutheran Service Book 953.
all. Pray with me, please. Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's message is from the first reading from Acts, the first verse there, verse 24. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. So far, the text for this morning. And so to you two, you guys are going to have to just hang out for just a little bit and listen, because to be honest, most of this is for them. But a lot of it is for all of you too, so please continue to listen on. The first thing that I need to do is I need to thank four people. I need to thank Jack and Laura and Margaret and Philip. Parents like you guys are rare. They just are. Because it seems as though the, the faith and the church and Christ and everything is just, is just sort of, it's not as important anymore. But you four have seen fit that your children should know who Christ is, that your children should be baptized into his death and also into his resurrection, and that they would be here this morning to say with their own mouths, with their own voices, the faith that they were baptized in, the faith that all of you, I would, I, and I, my guess is, is that most of you were probably here for when they were baptized children. How many of you, of you were here when Caitlin was baptized? Okay. How many of you for Jack? See? All right. So what is going to happen in a little bit is, I can't think of a better word for it. It's really cool. It is so incredibly wonderful. They were baptized here as babies, right? Well, no. When you were, how old-ish? It was 2012-ish? Okay, well, you were baptized here, okay? And the faith that, that all of you spoke for them is now the same faith that they will get to with their own mouths and with their own voices recite and speak to all of you here this morning. They will make promises. They will make promises like they promise to stay in the church. They promise to continue to hear God's word. They promise to continue to receive his sacrament. All of those things. You see, they know that Jesus loves them because their parents told them so. Certainly also because the Bible has said so too. And so the first thing that I want to do is I wanted to thank you two, and I wanted to thank you two for bringing your children here and having them confirmed here this morning. It's, it is no small thing, okay? So now for you two. If you will, look at, your, at the text with me in that, in that Acts text on the back of your bulletin. There were four things that, when the, that after Christ had ascended, that the apostles devoted themselves to and all of their fellowship with them. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And it's really cool how all this works out. Certainly, I think that God had his hand in this because this is exactly what we, 
as your congregation, as your church body, as your brothers and sisters in Christ, and all four of these things are things that we want you to know and continue to believe in. So we begin with the apostles teaching, no, I'm not going to ask you to recite the, the three articles and the meanings to the Apostles' Creed. You've done that already. Jack's like, yes, thank you, Lord, for that. I'd be the same way. But, of course, you remember what that is. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That the Father creates, that the Son saves, and the Holy Spirit sanctifies us. He continues to keep us in that faith that was begun when we were baptized, when you were baptized, when you heard the word of God in your ears, received it in your hearts through faith. And that's that faith that we confess here. It's the, the faith that, as I'm sure that you know, we're on all of the stained glass windows here. Well, it's because it's important. The Father has created you as you know. That everything that you have, the home that you live in, the, the families that you have, the parents that you have, the the, the family that you have, the food that you have, the clothes that you wear, everything that you have is a gift from God. You see, what that means is, as we've talked about, is that means that you are dependent, that you are dependent creatures upon your creator. And the difficult part is, is that the world in which you live in does not teach that. They don't want that. They don't want you. They, they say, well, pull yourself up by your own boot straps, and just figure it out by yourself. But that's not what the apostles' teaching was. The apostles' teaching was that they were dependent upon Christ, upon God, and everything that he taught, everything that he has given them. As Luther's small catechism said, he has given me clothing and shoes, food, home, wife and children, land, animals, and everything that I have is a gift from the Father. You are a dependent creature, despite what the world teaches, despite what the world will teach you, if you haven't been tried to, if you haven't heard that yet, you are dependent creatures. You are dependent upon God. And that is a perfectly fine and wonderful place to be. As a matter of fact, that's where God wants you to be. He wants you to be dependent upon him. He wants all of you here this morning to be dependent upon him to know and to acknowledge and to realize that it is he who has given you everything that you have from the air in your lungs to the homes that we live in to the families that we have it is all a gift from god we are dependent and we are in need of a savior and of course then there is the holy spirit the holy spirit who calls gathers enlightens and sanctifies the whole christian church on earth and in heaven. And we've talked about this before, and I've mentioned it to all of you here also, when in a few moments you will have the opportunity to receive the very body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit makes it possible that you will be communing with, not just everybody here, not just your folks, but to those who have died in the faith before you. The cemetery just outside here is full of, of saints. Saints that are here, saints that are present and will be present when you receive for the first time the very body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that communion of saints rejoices. 
there is a party in heaven going on right this moment, and it's in your honor. That's really, really neat. The communion of saints here today and in heaven now rejoice with you because of the faith that you will be confirmed in. And so the next thing that they devoted themselves to was the fellowship. Our biggest prayer for you, all of us here today, and for those who are not able to make it here today, our biggest prayer for you, my biggest prayer for you as your pastor, is that you would know that this is not the end. This is simply a continuation of the faith that was begun here at this very font. You're not graduating from Jesus. It doesn't work like that. You might be graduating from eighth grade, which is great, but you're not graduating from Jesus. You're not graduating from the faith. You're not graduating from the church. Our biggest prayer for you is that, the, is that this is just a, is, is, a, is a continuation of the faith that was begun in you the day that you were baptized and the faith that continues now, and as his word promises us, a faith that he will bring it to completion in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that you would continue to come to church, that you would continue to come to this church, and if it's not this church, maybe you find yourself somewhere else, perhaps in college, but that you would go to a different church, that you would continue to stay in the faith. And the biggest reason why is because our body of Christ doesn't function if you're not in it. That's what the Bible teaches. Our body of Christ, everybody who is sitting here today and the members of Trinity Lutheran Church that are seemingly scattered throughout almost the entire world, we don't function if you're not here. We don't work in the same way if you are not with us. You might move on to a different church as you get older, but the church as a whole, the, the church universal does not function, does not work in the way that it should without you. Let me put this as crystal clear as I can. We need you. We need you. We need you here to be a part of us. We need you here to, to continue to support us, to encourage us, to pray for us to commune with us so that when we recite the Apostles' Creed together as a church body, that your voices are a part of that one very loud voice which confesses the faith that we hear in our ears and we receive by faith in our hearts. Let me put it another way, very, very simply. Without you, there is no future of Trinity Lutheran Church. There's just not. Now, I don't mean to put all of that on you, okay? But I think that everybody here this morning would agree with me that unless the youth of our church continue to stay in the church, this church body as we know it, it goes away. We need you. And we are so, and that, that's why we're all here. That's why we have things like con. Formation Sunday because we need you and we want you to know how much that we need you, how much that we love you, and how much that we are still here to support and encourage you. And within, of course, the body of Christ, he also is there. There's a really neat story in the book of Exodus about how the Israelites, after they have escaped from slavery, 
so that they would be able to escape as safely as, as, is, as was possible, God promised that he would go before them, that he would go in front of them. And so by day, when the desert was really, really hot, he would be a pillar of cloud over them to shield them from that sun. And by night, he would be a pillar of fire so that they could see their way. He was with them. He promises to be with them. Caitlin, just as your verse says, right? For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wherever you go, he promises to be with you, to go before you, to be the pillar of light that goes before you, to be the pillar of cloud that is over you, to protect you from Satan. And as he says in Matthew, I promise to be with you always to the very end of the age, which brings us perfectly into the next thing, the breaking of bread. Because one of the biggest and greatest ways that he is with us, as you have learned, is in the sacrament that is here before you, in the breaking of bread in his supper. That is to say, he is really present here. He is really present in the, in the bread and the wine for the forgiveness of our sins. He is really giving us his own body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins. That's how he fulfills his promise, at least so far, at least on this side of heaven. Promise to be with you always, even to the very end of the age. Luther had this, he wrote a lot about communion, but here is one thing that he writes about it. He says, I certainly love it with all of my heart. The precious, blessed supper of my Lord Jesus Christ, in which he gives me his body and blood to eat and to drink, with the mouth of my body accompanied by the exceedingly sweet and gracious words given for you, shed for you. For you, Caitlin. For you, Jack. You see, when it came to saving you two, it was personal with Jesus. Because you're his creation. He knows you better than even your parents do. He knows you better than anyone. He knows how many hairs are upon your head. He knows how everything, he, he knows you better than anyone in the history of the entire world, in the history of all of creation. He created you. And then of course, when the fall came, our first parents of the sin that we were all born with separated us from him. But then he sent his own son, Jesus Christ, to atone for the sins of the whole world, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And so he came, and he died, and he rose again. And as the Apostle Paul says, he bought you. He bought you back with the price, the price of his very own blood shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins, the very same blood that is here before us today. He went to the ends of the earth. He went to hell itself and back because you belong to him. And so he came and he got you. And so finally, prayer. The Bible teaches that we are to pray at all times that we are to pray without ceasing, that there is never a point in our lives in which we should never pray. We should always pray. Pray at all times, pray without ceasing. Luther says this about prayer. He says, you must base your prayer on God's word and promise 
nay, on his own command and bidding, and say, Dear Lord, you know that I do not appear before you of my own accord, and not of my own personal presumption or because of any worthiness in me. For if I were to look at those things, I would dare not raise my eyes to you and would not know how to begin to pray. But I come because you yourself had bit, have bidden and earnestly requested us to call on you and have also promised us a, and have also promised us a hearing. Besides this, you have sent your own Son who has taught us what we are to pray and has spoken the very words for us. Remember that part of the Holy Spirit's job is that when you, if you don't know exactly what to pray for, the Holy Spirit then intercedes for you and puts words to the feelings and the emotions that perhaps you are not able to put words to. You are his now, and he wants you to pray to him. And so, again, one of our prayers, all of us here this morning as members of Trinity Lutheran Church, one of our prayers for you is that you would do just that, that you would always pray in every situation, in every circumstance, pray. It is the weapon, one of the weapons that God gives us against Satan and his evil ones. You've heard me say this be before, but every day there is a war going on for your soul. Now we know that because of Christ and because of his death, because of his resurrection, that he has been crucified and he has won that battle for us. He has won the war for us. But every day Satan will continue to try to turn you to try to make you doubt, to try to make you think, well, Jesus didn't really mean what he said that he was going to do. So continue to pray. Continue to pray. And there are about, oh, I don't know how many are here today, but there are around 200, I would imagine, of your closest friends here today that if you want them to pray for you, they would do it at the drop of a hat. Instantly. For mom and dad, this goes for you too as well. You are surrounded by 180, 200 of your closest friends here today, those who are not able to be here, they have promised to pray for you as well, to encourage you. If there is anything that you need from us, for you, for them, let us know. This is what it means to be a part of the body of Christ. My parents, in their kitchen, in every house that we have lived in, they have a, a wooden sign. It's about this big. And for the, the longest time, when I was growing up, I couldn't quite read what it said because it was written in some kind of weird calligraphy or, or something. But I, I, I finally, by the, I think by, by the time I was in fifth grade, I was able to read it. And it said, if you hem your day, you know, hem your day with prayer, it is less likely to be unraveled. Okay? So... Our encouragement for you is that you would hem your day with prayer. Begin it with prayer. End it with prayer. It is the weapon, one of the weapons that God gives us against Satan. We are here for you. So that you may, as Jack's verse says, so that you can do all things because it is Christ who strengthens us. It is Christ who strengthens you. Christ who has purchased you. Christ who has won you. Christ who has rescued you from sin, death, and the power of the devil. The grip that Satan had on you was broken the moment that Christ broke into your life and declared triumphantly that Jack Elliott is mine, that Caitlin is mine, 
and that will forever be the case. And so to close in just a few moments, the faith that you were baptized in, you will now have the opportunity to be confirmed in that faith. Today is May 7th, so beginning on May 8th, tomorrow, this is our prayer for you. That you would hold fast to the apostles' teaching. That you would hold fast to the breaking of bread. That you would hold fast to the fellowship. That you would hold fast to prayer. And once again, it cannot be said enough, we are here for you, not, not, not in, that, in that sense that, oh, well, if there's anything that you need. No, no, no. We are here for you. Right? We are here for you. If you need us to pray for you, to encourage you, anything that you need, we are here for you. To encourage you, to pray for you, to remind you of the wondrous love that you have in Jesus Christ. And so finally, what I want us to do together is I want everybody to take a look at the back of your bulletins in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 24 through 25. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 24 through 25. And together, as a body of Christ, we are going to read that together. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were straying by sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd, the overseer of your souls. I love you guys. And I'm so incredibly proud of you. I'm not as proud as your parents are, but I'm so incredibly proud of you. We are so incredibly proud of you. And we can't wait to hear about your faith. Amen. Please rise. And so at this time, we confess together the words of our Christian faith, the words that we were baptized in, by using the Apostles' Creed that is found printed on the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. At this time, we will collect our tithes and offerings. Uh, now would be a good time to sign that red sign-in book that is found on the aisle sides of the pews. The last person to receive that on the window sides, please send that back towards the aisle. And then the last person in the aisle, please tear off the top sheet so that the ushers can pick it up uh, after worship today. With that, we collect our tithes and offerings. The mission of Trinity Lutheran Church is the preaching, teaching, baptizing, and sharing the love of Christ in our church, our community, and our world. 
uh, preschool graduation at school is this Thursday and eighth, gra eighth grade graduation is this Friday at 7 p.m. Church directories are in the boxes uh, or you can contact the church office for your copy. Trinity's Sunday School and Adult Bible Classes meet at 8.45 a.m. each Sunday in the cafeteria and the fellowship hall of the school. Men's Bible Study meets each Wednesday morning at 6.30 a.m. in the chapel. Additional Bible Studies uh, for the ladies are Tuesday evening at 7 p.m. at the home of Tony Oberman and a ladies' afternoon Bible Study meets the first and third Mondays at 1 p.m. in the chapel. For more information regarding Bible study groups, contact the church office. Uh, additionally, the school is enrolling uh, three years old through eighth grade for the fall semester. The Lutheran Hour is our church's witness in the public market marketplace. Hear the Luth and I are message each Sunday on the following stations at 6.30 KTXR FM 101.3 in Springfield at 9.30 KKOW in Pittsburgh, Kansas and 12.30 KRUM FM 103 Rogers, Arkansas. Visit online at www.lutheranhour.org to learn about radio stations near you and times and places. As was announced before tonight, there's a special voters meeting uh, to conduct the business of the regular quarterly voters meeting. All confirmed members of Trinity, 18 years and older, can, should come tonight at 7 p.m. in the fellowship hall. Please be seated. At this time, Jack and Caitlin have prepared essays to read to you this morning. The topic of their essay was What My Faith in Jesus Means to Me. And so Jack Elliott will come forward now and he will read his first. You can just read it right there at the lectern. What does my faith mean to me? My faith means having a good relationship with Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ has made it good in his death and resurrection. Having a good relationship with Jesus Christ means to believe in him as my savior and to come to him through the Holy Spirit. Being baptized is also a key component to having a good relationship with Jesus Christ because through baptism I received God's promise of salvation. My faith also means that I do not need to worry about spending eternity in hell because since I, have, since I believe and have come, to Jesus Christ as my savior from sin, death, and the devil. I know that when I die, I will get to spend eternity in heaven with the Lord. Communion is also integral 
to having a good relationship with Jesus Christ. When Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me, he told us to take Holy Communion to remember Christ in the Last Supper. Christ is also, communion is also a gift from the Lord so that, when, so that we can come together and take up the body and blood of Jesus as a whole church and celebrate his sacrifice for the forgiveness of our sins. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And because of that, I know that in life, as long as I trust God, he, his will will be done. Because of that, I do not have to worry about death or the devil. My faith means I know I am always valuable in the world because God sent his son to die for the whole world as, and me as well. And the fact that he was willing to do that makes me realize that as long as God considers me valuable, I can always consider myself valuable and know that God doesn't see me as insignificant. I chose Philippians 4.13 because it is a verse that helps me know that God is always on our side and wants what's best for us and for us to be the best people of God we can be. My faith not only means having a good relationship with Jesus Christ, but also knowing that in everything I do, as long as I believe and trust in the Lord, he will do what's best for me. This is most certainly true. Jack and Caitlin, please. What does my faith in Jesus mean to me? This is a very important question for all Christians to answer. It allows us to think about what we truly believe. First, we must define faith. I think Hebrews 11 verse 1 defines this perfectly. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for, and assurance about what we do not see. This means I can know Christ is always with me, giving me strength, forgiving my sins, and granting me eternal life. Knowing that someone is always with me, giving me strength, is something that allows me to get through life every day. When I broke my leg, I was terrified. I had no idea what was happening. But after I prayed with Mrs. Minning, I calmed down. I knew God was with me. I got through that day because my faith allowed me to trust the Bible when it says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid or dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua 1 verse 9. I never have to worry because I know Christ is with me every step of my journey towards him. The second thing my faith assures me is that all my sins are forgiven. When I was a baby, I was baptized. I'm very fortunate to have had this opportunity. I was made part of God's family from the very beginning of my life. My sins were washed away, and I was granted eternal salvation. Psalms 103 verse 12 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. This means I don't have to worry about my sins. My sins are demolished. Christ gave his life up on the cross so that I can live and not worry about death or my sins. I don't know about you, but this is a huge weight off my shoulders. It is not only baptism that offers the forgiveness of sins. It is also partaking in Holy Communion. Being confirmed lets me partake in this with my fellow Christians. I find that pretty awesome. I get to take Christ's body and blood every Sunday. I get to have the forgiveness of sins and strength to lead a holy life. Eternal life is a third thing my faith lets me be sure about. John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. This gives me an enormous amount of reassurance and certainty. I don't have to be scared of dying. 
My baptism in faith grants me eternal life with Christ. It is my faith that lets me have this kind of certainty in Christ. Now back to the initial question. What does my faith in Jesus mean to me? My faith in Jesus means everything to me. My faith means I can know the Bible, what the Bible says is true. I can live knowing God is always with me. He is forgiving all my sins, and one day I will have eternal life in heaven. Without my faith, I would be completely lost. But with it, I know I have Christ leading me along a path. I know that being confirmed and partaking in the Lord's Supper will allow my faith to grow even stronger and my worries and doubts even smaller. Thank you very much, Caitlin. And will Jack and Caitlin please stand? Make sure to, to turn your hymnal to the confirmation page. Jack, what is the page number there? 272. 272. 272. Thank you. Beloved in the Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ said to his apostles, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You have been baptized, and you have been taught the faith according to the Lord's command. Jesus said, Whoever confesses me before men, I will also confess before my Father, who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father, who is in heaven. Lift up your hearts, then, to the God of all grace, and joyfully give answer to what I now ask you in the name of God. And so Jack and... Jack and Laura, will you please come forward? So Jack, do you this day in the presence of God and of this congregation acknowledge the gifts God gave you in your baptism? Yes, I do. Do you renounce the devil? Yes, I do. Do you renounce all his works? Do you renounce all his ways? Yes, I do. Do you believe in God the Father Almighty? Yes, I believe in God the Father Almighty. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord? Yes, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He ascended to heaven. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. He is now to come to judge. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? Yes, I believe in the Holy Spirit. Do you hold all the prophetic and apostolic scriptures to be the inspired word of God? Do you confess the doctrine of the Evangelical Lutheran Church, drawn from the scriptures as you have learned to know it from the small catechism, to be faithful and true? Do you intend to hear the word of God and receive the Lord's Supper faithfully? Do you intend to live according to the word of God, and in faith, word, and deed, to remain true to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, even to death? Do you intend to continue steadfast in this confession and church, and to suffer all, even death, rather than fall away from it? We rejoice with thankful hearts that you have been baptized and have received the teaching of the Lord, 
You have confessed the faith and been absolved of your sins. As you continue to hear the Lord's word and receive his blessed sacrament, he who has begun a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And you can kneel, Jack. Jack, the Almighty God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given you the new birth of water and of the Spirit, and has forgiven you all your sins, strengthen you with his grace to life everlasting. Amen. Jack, the confirmation you have chosen is Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Rise. And give your parents a hug as you are confirmed. Now I ask Caitlin and Caitlin's mom and dad to come forward. Caitlin, do you this day, in the presence of God and of this congregation, acknowledge the gifts God gave you in your baptism? Do you renounce the devil? Do you renounce all his works? Do you renounce all his ways? Do you believe in God the Father Almighty? Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord? Spirit. Do you hold all the prophetic and apostolic scriptures to be the inspired word of God? Do you confess the doctrine of the Evangelical Lutheran Church, drawn from the scriptures as you have learned to know it from the small catechism, to be faithful and true? Do you intend to hear the word of God and receive the Lord's Supper faithfully? Do you intend to live according to the word of God, and in faith, word, and deed, to remain true to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, even to death? Do you intend to continue steadfast in this confession and church, and to suffer all, even death, rather than fall away from it? We rejoice with thankful hearts that you have been baptized and have received the teaching of the Lord. You have confessed the faith and been absolved of your sins. As you continue to hear the Lord's word and receive his blessed sacrament, he who has begun a good work in you will bring it to completion the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And you can kneel. Caitlin, the Almighty God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given you the new birth of water and of the Spirit, and has forgiven you all your sins, strengthened you with his grace to life everlasting. Amen. Caitlin, the confirmation verse you have chosen is Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Amen. And you can stand and give a hug to both of your folks. At this time, I would invite uh, Jack and his mom and, and his dad to, to come forward. What, what we are going to do now is the laying on of hands. We are going to simply pray 
for these folks here, for Jack and for Caitlin and for their families. And I invite anybody who wants to come forward uh, to lay hands on them uh, as we pray for them to come forward and do so now. guys kind of get in the middle here, surrounded by the font, a good, good place to be. practice of laying on hands is one that has roots in the Old and New Testaments. In Numbers chapter 8, we're told that after God ordered the Levites to be ceremonially purified for his purposes, the Israelites then to lay on their hands on them so as to make them ready for the work of the Lord. Acts chapter Lord 6 Jesus, and 8, thank you for the apostles are recorded Church as laying Lord, on hands on those who needed prayer. We rejoice and we're glad to have We thank you for Jack, Lord. We thank you for Caitlin. We thank you for the faith that you have given to them when they became baptized children of the Heavenly Father. The faith, Lord, that as they heard the word of God in their ears and received it in their hearts by faith, Lord, it is that faith that will continue by your Holy Spirit to sustain them. Lord, we pray for them as they continue on, Lord, in this journey of their faith. Lord, as we, as we said, this is not a graduation, but Lord... This is a continuing on of that faith that was begun by you, in you, and Lord, as you promised, you will bring it to completion in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for their families, for their parents, for their grandparents, for all, Lord, who love them and have supported them and have encouraged them thus far. What a great day that this is for them also. And we pray, Lord, that you would, by your Holy Spirit, continue to watch over them Continue to watch over them as families, as individuals. And Lord, we know that in all things, and Lord, that all things work together for good for those who love you. And certainly, Lord, this is a very, a very good day and a very wonderful time that we have the opportunity to be a part of. And so, Lord, we give you thanks for them. We give you thanks again, Lord, for Caitlin and for Jack. And we lift them up to you. We commend them to your care as they always have been. In the name of Jesus, we pray all of these things. Amen. The Almighty and merciful God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless and keep you now and always. Amen. Thank you for coming up. You all can go back and sit. Well, I'd say that the church is growing. Amen? Amen. Absolutely. We now go to our prayers. We have a few folks that we want to lift up in our prayers this morning. First of all, for Melba McCord, Nancy McRoberts, Mary Fritz, Ella Kleibaker, Esther Holly, 
Flora Overman, Landreth Worm, Erwin Kruger, Erna Shane, Janice Meyer, Myron Reed, Rosa Marie Griman, Carol McIntyre, Marilyn Stewart, Brenda Lawmaster, Caitlin Kleibaker, Elmer Kaiser, Lee Dust, Ethel Helmkamp, Dale Chapman, Dan Haynes, Dustin Schmidt, Don Schmedeke, Kelsey Ledford. We also rejoice with Glenn and Tony Oberman as they are celebrating, or will, celebrate 38 years of marriage on May 12th. So with that, please rise as we go to our Lord in prayer. Lord Jesus, what a wondrous sight it is to see right before our very eyes the growth of your church. And so, Lord, we thank you that you have entrusted to us as Trinity Lutheran Church, that you have given uh, as a responsibility to us, uh, most especially, Lord, to their parents and to their families, the continued raising up of both Jack and Caitlin, that they would continue to always know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They would continue, Lord, to stay in the, uh, the apostles' teaching, that they would continue in the fellowship and in the breaking of the bread, and certainly, Lord, in prayer. And we thank you for them, Lord, and we commend them to your care. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious God, we lift up a special prayer for all those that we know that, that do not yet know you as their Lord and Savior. Whether they be family members, friends, people that we work with, we pray, Lord, for all those that we name before you in our hearts. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we thank you for the nation that we live in, for the state that we live in, Lord, and for the world that we live in as imperfect as they are. We ask, Lord, that, uh, that you would be with us, Lord, that we would be in the world, but not of the world. We thank you, Lord, for all those that serve us through the armed forces, through civil servants, firefighters, uh, people who work, uh, uh, Lord, for firefighters, for police officers, for medics, for all of those, Lord, who who by serving us, Lord, they serve you. And we thank you for them. We pray that uh, for those who are in harm's way, that you would bring them back safely to us. And we pray, Lord, for all of the leaders that we have, whether it is at the national level or the state level. We pray, Lord, that you would give us wise and God-fearing leaders that would make decisions for us, Lord, uh, that are in accordance with you and in accordance with your word. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we give you thanks for the school that we have. We thank you, Lord, that it is this apostolic faith, the apostles' teaching that is taught in the, in the school that you have so graciously given to us. And we thank you, Lord, for the students that we have, for the families that we have, for the faculty and the staff as we wind up this school year. And we ask, Lord, that, uh, that, that you would help us, Lord, to finish this particular race in faith. Lord, in your mercy... Gracious God, we lift up a special prayer for all those that we know who are suffering, whether it be physically, spiritually, or emotionally, 
especially, Lord, those that we have named before you on our health list, and for all those, Lord, that we name before you in our hearts now. Lord, in your mercy. Also, Lord, we rejoice with Glenn and Tony upon 38 years of marriage that you have given to them on May 12th. And we pray, Lord, that in this next year of their lives, that you would draw them closer to you, draw them closer to one another, and that you would keep your watchful eye ever upon them. Lord, in your mercy. And finally, Lord, we give you thanks for the gift of Holy Communion that is here before us. We give you thanks, Lord, that it was given for us, that it was shed for us for the forgiveness of our sins. We thank you, Lord, that you are really present here in, with, and under the bread and the wine. And Lord, we thank you that, where there, that as your word says, where there is the forgiveness of sins, that there is also life and salvation. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And Lord, also we have one more prayer uh, for Clint Skaggs, who is hospitalized in Iowa, and we pray, Lord, for his healing, and we pray for his health. We pray, Lord, for the doctors that are working with him, for his family that supports him. We pray, Lord, that you would bring him to full health very, very soon. Lord, in your mercy. For all these and every and and. For all of these and the other things that went unspoken in our hearts, Lord, we lift them before you in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. And so, people of God, the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord, our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. For what had been hidden from before the foundation of the world, you have made known to the nations in your Son. In him being found in the substance of our mortal nature, you have manifested the fullness of your glory. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. So our Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
First Communion hymn is I Come, O Savior, to Thy Table, Lutheran Service Book 618.
next hymn is Let Us Ever Walk With Jesus, hymn number 685.
The next hymn is Have No Fear, Little Flock, hymn number 735. The one following that will be Let Me Be Thine Forever, hymn number 689.
Please rise. And now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith and to life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us through the same, in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. We sing our final hymn, How Firm a, How Firm a Foundation, number 728. It has been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Christant, Missouri. We pray you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with the members of Trinity next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you're not able to be with us in person, 
We invite you to listen on the broadcast on KKBL FM 95.9 Aurora, our live stream broadcast at FrystatRadio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to you in all things. Your announcer has been Scott George, and we now conclude this service. <laughs>